Another little aside, I have to share this too because this is also part of Tadzria uh, Midrash. So, um, by the way, I don't want to, I just want to kind of just mention this. But in the Midrash Rabbah Tadzria 14.1, it says that the spirit that hovered over the, earth, over the waters of the deep in the creation, you know, remember that story from Brashid? <laughs> Y'all are kind of quiet today, so I'm having to make sure, you know, you're okay. All right. So anyway, um, that says that that's like it says that's the spirit of God, right? But then in the Midrash, Midrash Rabbah fourteen one Tatzria, it says that that's the spirit of Mashiach. And in other sources, it says Mashiach also. Okay. So the spirit of God, the spirit of Mashiach, hovering over the waters of the deep. Which is it? Is it God or is it Mashiach? And the answer is yes. yes. So in Midrash Tankuma, it says that the spirit that hovered over the waters of the deep in the beginning was the spirit of Adam. Adam. So wait a minute. We have God, the spirit of God, the spirit of Messiah, the spirit of Adam. Which one is it? The answer is yes. yes. Which is my, why Mashiach is the second Adam. Yes. Right? Yes. All those things. There, it's, there, in other words, the spirit of Adam, we're talking about before the fall, right? The spirit of Adam, the spirit of God, the spirit of Mashiach are identical. The identical spirit. So, so this also from, from Parasha uh, Tazria, the Midrash Abad Tazria, I want to say, why do we need a virgin birth? Why is it important? Okay, so this is a little bit of a review because we've mentioned this before. But in Midrash Rabbah Tazria 14.5, it gives us the reason why it is important for Mashiach to have a virgin birth. Now, through the years, as, as believers have come into the Torah movement, I'll just put it that way, broadly speaking, there's some different paths, right? Some people come through uh, Hebrew roots, some people come through Messianics or whatever, and then, and then sometimes they, they find out that what they really want to do is become more authentically Jewish, which is great, which is why we exist, right? But then what happens is like human nature takes over. And I'm not exactly sure. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I, I have Googled it and YouTubed it. So I uh, took, I took a YouTube course, and I'm pretty much ready to set up shop now. And after 20 years of dealing with people, you kind of learn some things, you know. But, but people, I think that... Maybe it's because of rejection. Maybe it's because, I don't know what the motive is, but sometimes I find that people try to alter their theology to match traditional Jewish theology, they think, in order to not be branded an idolater, right? Because they're like, well, they, Messiah, is, he's just a man. There's no virgin birth. That comes from the Greeks. And there's no reason for him to be a virgin birth. And so all that's messed up. And they, they buy the hook, line, and sinker that an Alma is not a virgin, which I had a big message about that. It absolutely is a, a virgin, 100%. 100%, no question, okay? So you ask yourself, like, why? But why? And so and I'm like, and I just want to tell people, stop. Stop throwing the virgin birth under the bus just because a group of people is telling you it's idolatry. It's not idolatry. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And, it's, and there's a spiritual 
phenomenon. And even, even Amit found this resource for me. It's amazing. Adam was a virgin birth. And therefore, the second Adam is a virgin birth. Has to be. Has to be. Why does it have to be? Because I've said the analogy before, the captain of the Titanic couldn't save the passengers on the ship. Why? Because he was on the Titanic. If you are born into humanity, you cannot save humanity. Why? Because you're human. You're, you're bound by the same curse we're all bound by, so therefore how can you lift me up if you're in the same boat that I am? It is possible for me, well, it's too late now, but it, is, it would have been possible for me to live a sinless life. I suppose you could say it's possible to sit. You know what? Let me, let me retract what I just said. It's too late now. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> let, me, let me retract that. Honey, can you give me some coffee or something? No. If you went to Yom Kippur, the day after Yom Kippur, you're 100% pure, 100%, or as my friend Abi would say, 100%, 100%, brother. From that point forward, it is possible for you or I to live a sinless life. It is possible, not likely, but possible. But here's the problem. It won't matter because we'll all die. Just because it doesn't matter doesn't mean we shouldn't strive for it because we're commissioned by God to strive for it. But I'm trying to paint a picture for you that no matter how sinless we are, we're still bound by the same curse. And so if Mashiach is born by human means, he's still bound by the same curse and therefore is not able to overcome it. You say, well, uh, Rabbi, don't you understand? Judaism does not believe in... In, in the original sin, that is not true. And I've debunked that a million times. That is so easy to debunk, it's not even funny. <laughs> Judaism absolutely believes in original sin. We're about to prove it right now, but I mean, there's like a thousand million sources on that. A thousand million is a number. <laughs> Midrash Rabbah 14.5. Another interpretation, when a woman conceives and gives birth to a male, thus it is written, behold, in iniquity was I fashioned. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Rabbi Akia said, the word in iniquity is this verse is spelled in the full form with the second vav, be'avon, indicating that even if one be the most pious of the pious, it is impossible that he should not have been involved in, in his act and have one part of iniquity. David said before the Holy One, blessed be he, master of the worlds, when I was being conceived, did not my father Jesse at all intend to bring me into existence? But in fact, was not his intention only for his own pleasure. One may know that this is so, for even with regard to the very righteous, even after the man and his wife have carried out their own needs, this one turns his face in that direction, and that one turns her face in that direction. And it is you, God, who brings each and every drop that is there into the womb. 
And this is the meaning of that which David said, though my father and mother have forsaken me, Hashem gathered me in. The Talmud, it says here in the footnotes, the Talmud lists Jesse as one of four people in history who did not die on account of their own sins, but rather due to the sin of Adam eating from the tree of knowledge. Bava Basra 17a. Clearly then, he would have been concerned about fulfilling divine, the divine commandment. The Midrash means that through intimacy itself involves a physical desire and not only the more exalted urge. Although that is no sense a sin and violates no Torah prohibition, Scripture calls it iniquity for it is deemed a blemish relative to to the exalted essence of the human soul. In another source, it says that that is part of the poison of the primeval serpent. Maharal cites our Midrash as proof that all, say all, all mankind is subject to the effect, say the effect, of Adam's sin. No one is exempt. The only, so therefore, when a man and woman come together, they can be perfectly righteous and the baby can live a perfectly righteous and sinful life, but the act of coming together imparts iniquity into the child. Therefore, the only way to get outside that paradigm is to have a virgin birth. That's the only way. And if you're someone out there, I'm just going to say it boldly. If you're somebody out there that believes that the Mashiach is, a, is, a, is just a human and not, not of a virgin birth, then I'm just going to tell you there's no salvation for you. And I'm not saying because you disagree with me. I'm just saying, well, y'all are both on a sinking ship together. And there's not enough lifeboats. Somebody's going to go into the ice. So you say, well, virgin birth, what in the world? How in the world? Enter the Zohar. We have some people that are, you know, well, I don't know. That's not even worth commenting on. The Zohar. <laughs> Zohar Tazria. He asks, what is the earth? He asks, the Zohar is obviously a mystical work. So you have to kind of, this is the sowed level. You have to kind of get in the mystical. Kind of helps with to be from California. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I said that. I know I got Californians in the back there. It's a joke. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I forgot about it. That's right. That's right. Bay, Bay Area. BART. Bay Area Rapid Transport. Okay. He asks, what is the earth in the verse? What is the earth in the verse? Are you following me so far? What is the earth? Because this is quoting from Breshit 124. Let the earth, listen. Shema. Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind. Let the earth bring forth, right? Earth. earth. What are you made out of? Earth. From dust you come and dust you return, right? So every woman in this room is made out of dirt and water. Beautiful dirt and water. But, oh. You're like, yeah. Anyway, 
Let the earth bring forth. It re- so this is the earth. It resembles the words and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. To Helium 139.15. Which is Malkut. Okay? So here it's saying that the earth is Malkut. Malkut. Keep that in mind. The earth is Malkut. This has been explained. Let the earth bring forth as we explained it to refer to the spirit of the first man who emerged and was born to Malkut called earth. So the mother of man was earth, a.k.a. Malkut. Okay? This is the, so in other words, okay. So this is the meaning of the words. This is the meaning of the words, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, Brashit 3.3, the fruit of the tree refers to the holy one, blessed be he, namely, Zeranpin, called the tree of life. So the holy one is the tree of life. Now, it's Chaim. The earth is Malkut. The holy one is the tree of life, right? Now, it says here, the tree of life and its fruit, whose fruit is is the spirit of the first man. So the fruit of the tree of life is the spirit of the first man. This is why we are in Messiah have fruit of the spirit. Because the fruit of the spirit is a fruit of tree of life, which is Hashem, right? So it says here, whose fruit is the spirit of first man, which is in the midst of the garden, within the woman we learn, who is Malkut, called woman, called the garden. In Judaism, we refer to our wives sometimes as the garden. Shir HaSharim says, come into my garden, my beloved. That's where a wife being friendly with her husband. That's the, that's the imagery, right? So my... Malkut. <laughs> I'm just, it's Shira Shireen. Malkut is called woman, and the woman is called a garden, right? It's with me so far? Yes. Now, let's recap. Malkut is the earth. Zeranpin, the tree of life, is a shim. The earth is the garden, the earth is the woman, right? We need to create a man. How do we do that? It says here. For the spirit of the first man came out from the union of Zeranpin with Malkut. That is the meaning of if a woman have conceived a seed and bore a man child. Vayikra 12 12. In other words, when you're dealing with legal matters, it's critical to have a precedent. And here's the precedent In the beginning with the first Adam, God made union with dirt, the dust of the earth, and gave forth a man. And the second Adam, God made union with the dust of the earth, a woman, and brought forth a man. What's the difference? What's the difference? You say, well, the, the, the woman is a woman, the, the earth is the earth. She came from the earth. And so that, that's the whole point. He made union with the earth and brought forth a man. 